Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about radio, centre, we have part one of our interview with Tam Veer and her sisters from the Five Diamonds Mentorship. Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you're listening to this, walking the dog, uh, at work. In the on, middle of a nap. In the middle of a nap, on your bike. I, people aren't listening in the middle of a But I do, yeah. I do. I have listened to, I put podcasts on as I'm snoozing and then wake up and they're having a completely different conversation. Not something you need to worry about the Kindness Project because it's about as random as you can get to start. We are a podcast primarily about kindness uh, and sharing the stories of people doing amazing things in the world. But we do have some, what, how would you describe it, Charlotte? Delightful waffle. Delightful waffle. So expect some delightful waffle. Um, and what delightful waffle subject would you like to talk about initially today? Mm-hmm. Um, anything interesting going on in your life, Russ? Let's talk about the radio. What were we talking about on the radio? Well, recently um, I was talking to the guy at the BBC and Phil's been on this morning from the round table. And I was uh, looking at some uh, statistics online, and I was surprised how many people still listen to the radio. Oh, I, I still listen to the radio. I don't. Yeah. Um, I, I, I listen to, I mean, primarily the, the BBC. 90, 90% of people now, I thought, would stream music, but they still listen to the radio. You know what's interesting? Let me tell you, like, I, I, I listen to a lot of Five Live. Um, and um, you know what's been interesting f- for me? I woke up like about three or four in the morning the other the other morning, and they had a phone in, and um, a lot of the people phoning in on this particular phone in, it struck me that they were older, so in their seventies, eighties, seventies and eighties, and were commenting really well on the subject of the day but primarily was phoning for company because i think if that radio has been live and you've got like streamed live into your home and you've got the opportunity to call up, call up interact yeah, and go. good point it seems like quite a valuable thing to still have whereas yeah. Podcast, yes, you can like tweet in or email in and do well, stuff like that. Connect, you can't connect like you go phoning into the radio or that. Yeah, and there's a there's still a generation. I mean, I I like the radio, and I'm I'm of an age of an ex boy band member, as we talked well, about yeah. last week. Um, but um, uh, I will bring it up every episode. Well, I remember, but the reality is that I think the radio plays an important role. Um, it reminded me of Tito from the Jackson Five, you know. <laughs> I thought it was more Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't admit to that. <laughs> no, I, would, I wouldn't admit to that. Um, you know what uh, happens, really? Go on. Last episode, it's supposed to be my turn to run a game show, and I completely forgot. She's got out of the game show. I got your joke of the week last week. I got your game show. No. Right. So when next week's episode, we are doing a game show. We are we are doing a game show. So what would you like to share about what's going on with you? Do you want to share the story of what's been on the radio, Russ? Yeah. So, well, you're a better place to share the story than I am. But okay. So. Um, I'm involved with a local organisation called Roundtable. Roundtable is local, it's got a national setup, but um, uh, every area's got a local organisation that just does stuff for the community. So uh, we raise money for charity, we give to local charities, um, and we try to help out um, as and when we can. Now, recently, as you know, if you're if you're listening in the UK and it it's probably similar in other parts of the world as well, there is a significant cost of living crisis. So um, 
uh, costs have gone up, energy bills have gone up, cost of everything's gone up. And while some of us are lucky enough not to feel it as much, um, it is impacting a lot of people. Um, and normally, uh, as a round table, we go out uh, at Christmas time. We've got a sleigh where we put a centre on the sleigh, go out, entertain the kids, raise loads of money for local charities. We thought that, um, and, and this is primarily a guy called Phil Shatlady, who's the... Um, who's the main um, organiser of this particular event. He's the headhunter. He's a boss man. He's bossing it. He's bossing yeah. it. Although if Claudia Winkleman ever wants to write out a comment, I've been in field when I'm I'm getting involved, all right? Because um, I like Claudia. I like the fringe, Russ. It's the fringe. It's the fringe, is it? How do you feel about Claudia? Claudia. And she's fine. I prefer Amanda Holden. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm, okay, interesting. We'll, we'll explore that in a future podcast episode. Um, uh, but so Phil, um, uh, who, who's who's doing the majority of the organizing, really getting involved. Um, uh, and what we're doing is raising both money, uh, although primarily food and hygiene products, um, to give to people who need it the most. Now, I don't know if you remember us, but on the Kindness Project, probably probably about a year ago now, we had a lady called Serena Vandermuller. Now, Serena, yeah. now, Serena's amazing because um, she uh, she runs a business full time. Uh, uh, she's she's brilliant at what she does, but she also volunteers a lot of hours a week. To, to an organisation up in, I want to say up north, but I'm not yeah. sure where it is. It, it was up north, and it was something to do with supplying sanitary products to... Yeah, so, so the, the charity is called the Hygiene Bank. Yeah. And she made me aware of the fact that, um, you know, sanitary products are expensive and not everybody's got the money. Yeah. And some people have got... You know, we, we make... We make we always make the comparisons between you know e- eating or heating, but actually it's more complicated than that because yeah. sanitary products, if you haven't got the money, are sometimes what goes first. So all of that stuff needs to be supported, and what we're going to do is do our own tiny little bit by taking Santa out for his summer holidays in the streets of Old Church. I don't know if that's where he would have chosen to go, but that's where he's going. Uh, uh, to raise money for an amazing cause. Now, what always uh, amazed me about them them sort of interviews, we recently had Charlotte Hill as well. The, the logistics that must go into them, supplying them to all, all the sort of out branches out from their main base. Yeah, well, that primarily that's what that. those charities do, right? You know, yeah. they 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 get the stuff like like the the Felix yeah. project. Well, they're like the, main hubs. The, yeah, the branch out into several other areas, isn't they? Yeah, but but that's part of the challenge, isn't it? You know, these these places that supermarkets and restaurants. Yeah do it as well as somebody who's only job. Oh, yeah, without to, yeah, so so the fact that the Felix project exists is absolutely incredible. So we're going out and doing our, our little bit, donating to local food banks, both hygiene stuff and um and food and potentially raising a bit of money as well. Uh so Ras, who is our resident, I mean I'd call him not only our producer, not only our friend. Not only your uncle and my brother, not only an amazing lover. I'm telling humanity. you. Of humanity. I've been Stop thinking, being sordid. I've been thinking a lot lately about getting emancipated from you, you know. <laughs> How would that work? How would that work? Well, you go to call and divorce your brother, didn't you? How can you divorce your brother? You're no longer my brother. I want to keep in touch with my nieces. But, and, and Cassie. But no. Oh, you're only, you're only a bit, I've had man, enough of you. Who supported you? I've had enough of you. 
<laughs> Can you divorce your brother? Can you Google that at some point, Russ? I'll, I'll check today when I get yeah. to it and let you know. Because yeah, I might divorce you. <laughs> I'm going to divorce you first. Don't worry. I don't want to go tit for tat, but you're divorced, mate. All right, you can't. Uh, no, I, I, I love you too much. I love you too much. And it's because you're a great lover of humanity. Um, uh, uh, you just love life. Um, uh, <laughs> I could, you know what? If I was my brother, I'd be tempted to divorce myself. <laughs> um, but anyway, anyway, um, he does get teased quite a lot on the podcast. I mean, he gets teased quite a lot when we're together. But um, uh, yeah, it's just it's fine, Russ. Next time we're all together, we'll just we'll target him. I know. You know, you guys normally do. We we're doing amazing work with Round Table and the lover, the greatest lover of people in the world, Russell Gaines, uh, but also he's quite good at PR and getting making a bit of noise and getting people to stand up and take notice took over. And Russ, the story is now yours. Yeah, so I'd send the uh, I sent BBC Essex an email and to my surprise they come back to us and said, Yeah, we want you to come on. So Can we can we uh can we play? I mean, you can edit this after, so it looks all seamless. Can we play the the clip of yeah. Bill? We, we, yeah. can, we can play the clip. I've got the clip, so let's do that now. As always around this time on Saturday Breakfast, we like to find out people that are really making a difference in the county. And believe it or not, Father Christmas... Yes, you heard me right, is coming to Essex uh, later this month. Santa will be in Hornchurch on Sunday the 20th of August, spreading joy and warmth as he cruises the street of the town, collecting money for local causes and also collecting food for the Romford Food Bank. Well, Phil Shacklady is the events organiser for Hornchurch Roundtable and has hired old St Nick for the day. And he's with me now. Phil, a very good morning to you, mate. How are you? I'm very well. Good morning to you, Tony. Thanks so much for being with us this morning and spreading a little bit of joy. First question I've got to ask you is, how did you manage to get Father Christmas to work in the summer? Yeah, it was difficult, I must say. Um, he's, he's, he's on his holidays anyway, so we thought we'd uh, try him. <laughs> <laughs> I have this idea that you, you managed to get his private number and he was there in his Bermuda shorts. You know, enjoy, yeah. <laughs> enjoying the bit of the a bit of the summer, and then yeah, he sort indeed, of said, "Well, I'll come indeed. down and you know do an extra an extra gig for you." Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's a great event. It's a great event. Before we get into the event itself, tell us a little bit more about the Hornchurch Roundtable. Well, Hornchurch Roundtable uh, has been going for some time. I've been involved for about the last three years. They're a sort of a local community. The history of Hornchurch Roundtable dates back to 1927. It's generally a sort of chats that meet up a couple of um, a couple of Wednesdays a month, and they really it's more of a, a sort of a social thing. But they they look to support support the community in various ways. So we support a number of local charities. For example, in Hornchurch, we support local charities like First Step and St Francis Hospice. And then people will reach out to us for um, other support that might be needed. So it's, it's, it's really about community and um, social sort of chat with, with our friends that we meet through the Hornchurch Roundtable. And then one of the events is um, one of the Wednesdays is, is sort of a meeting to talk about supporting community and the second one is generally a social and we might go bowling or we might just go to the pub or have a meal or do bowls or whatever it might be so it's, it's a really good uh, thing to do and it, it's sort of helping people as well in the first hour of the show this morning i was speaking to a local member of the rotary saying that for groups like the rotary and indeed the round table to keep going you've got to get new members are you finding that you're getting new younger members uh, joining yeah, I mean, it, it is difficult, clearly, but we've, this year particularly, we've had a couple of new members join, so that's been really helpful. Um, we tend to network amongst ourselves in our own sort of connections and bring people on board, and we're always keen to, to have people come to us, you know, so we do advertise to our 
at a Facebook page or reach out through our Facebook page. So he's getting better, but probably a few years ago, and with COVID, et cetera, it sort of quietened off a little bit. So, but Fortress Round Table is pretty healthy at the moment. That's good to hear. And also good to hear that, that Father Christmas is going to be here very soon. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about the, the, the money that you're going to be raising and who he's going to be for specifically on the day. Yeah, we're, we're sort of focusing pretty much, Tony, this year on food. So primarily it's food donations. We're going to, we've, we've sort of been in touch. We're supporting, I think it's actually Romford or Collier Row and Romford uh, Food Bank. And they said that they need uh, certain certain items of food. So it's the essential things like, you know, rice and sauces and pasta and all of these sort of essential things. But in addition, um, uh we're, we're sort of looking at uh, toiletries and things like that. So anything that people might have spare that they can just offer would be greatly appreciated. It kind of gets straight into the community because we'll deliver it sort of immediately to to the food bank centre and it gets distributed to those in need. So, it's, you know, it's a great effort. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? It's an incredible to think that you deliver it too because we are hearing on a daily basis now that, that food banks are becoming quite stretched. Yes, they are. Yeah, I mean, we, we will get it. We, are, we actually did this for the first time last year because the history of the Summer Santa is it's, it's clearly goes out Christmas time and yeah. we go out about six to eight nights at Christmas time. It's always wonderful to see the kids' faces and you're sort of doing a good thing for the community and then we support the local charities. So Christmas tends to be more focused on sort of financial donations, but we just kind of felt this year it's... You know, it's a big need. It's tough times out there for people currently, isn't it? You know, inflation, they'll tell us inflation's coming down regularly on the on the news, but it doesn't seem to be affecting food prices too much yet, does it? So, yeah, so yeah. that's where the need is. So we decided it was a, you know, make the focus food. They can still, if someone hasn't got any food or available for us and they want to make a, a cash donation, that's fine too. But we're focusing on food. It'll go straight to Romford Food Bank. They'll get it straight out to the people that need it. And give us the detail one more time, would you, Phil, if people want to go and see St Nick and, and get the we'll get their Christmas list in early yeah. as well, Fabulous. possibly, you know, if they've been good Indeed, so far yeah, this year. Really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. OK, so Summer Center, it goes out on Sunday afternoon. Uh, that's the Sunday, the 20th of August, around 3 p.m. We start in the Hornchurch Road and then we move to the road south of Hornchurch Road and then eventually sort of come back and finish at the Tesco's at Hornchurch Road. So, so it's that that whole sort of southern area, and we'll be out. And you know, please come out. If you've got one fun thing for the kids to do in the middle of summer. Let's hope it's not raining. The sun comes back by then. Yeah. It'll be a great event, and please come out. Phil, all the very best, mate, to you and everybody else at the the round table as well. And give our regards to St Nick while you're at it as well. Phil Shacklady, there, events organizer at Hornchurch Round Table. Why not go and have an an early hello to Father Christmas? Great idea happening in a couple of weeks time so that was the clip um of phil talking about the amazing work we're going to be doing um i've just realized i've created rather some an additional job by yep. doing that but um it's, it's not the job that's the problem i'm not sure where we stand on the sharing it on the podcast i'm sure we'll be fine on it let's do it and then if there's any problems with it you can let me know um uh <laughs> yeah, I, I I officially abdicate you of all responsibility for sharing a news article about something positive. Uh, there's your there's your big disclaimer, right? All right, but let's yes. share that. You have a recording of that now, Russ. It's a recording of it. It's on me. It's a, it's hundred percent on me. Okay, so on that note, that's I mean I feel like we've been sharing quite a lot of kindness already. Uh, and people doing good in the world already but we have also got another edition of anyway we are a podcast about kindness so let's talk a little bit of kindness in today's episode of <laughs> you can tell we were out last night right it's kind of yeah do you want to do that kind of yeah, again? again yeah it's a bit squeaky <laughs> yeah kindness Oh, I can't remember what the original sounds like. That's a bad one. Yeah, that one. Remix, kind of just remix. Go, on, you can go and give it another go. Oh, yeah, we've got talent. Here we come. 
just imagine if for three and a half minutes Charlotte just said, Candice News, Candice News. Right, what's our uh, first news article this week? Our first news article of the week from Midland today. Oh, Midland edition. Candice News Midland edition. <laughs> Long time Rotarian, surprised with her very own random act of kindness. Bit Brit met Caro started Random Acts of Kindness Day in Midland a decade ago. A firm believer that kindness is contagious, Britt McCarrow has been an in- integral part of the Midland Rotary Club for the last 15 years. Mm. I admire the work they did in our community, she said. The club helps so many organisations and I wanted to be part of it too. Through the Rotary Club, Britt started Random Acts of Kindness Day in Midland 10 years ago, encouraging generosity, kindness and compassion in our community. Each year on May 21st, community members are encouraged to do something nice for someone in an effort to pay it forward. As part of the celebration, the Rotary Club of Midland hosts a free barbecue on the dock. We just think it's important to give back to our community because we think it's best. It's the best community on Ontario. We just work to make it even better. Separate. Since since its inception, Brit has coordinated the entertainment, vendors, and advertising, food, and volunteers for the event. She designed the T-shirts for all the Rotarians to wear, and she has kindness cards printed to pay it forward to be distributed to guests to encourage them to pay it forward, said her nominator, Joyce Campbell. It is such a feel-good day for everyone involved. She also works with local businesses, schools and community partners to make the event a success and bring together different corners of the community to make the event as inclusive as possible. It was her vision, said Campbell. She had a dream years ago and organised this all by herself. To show our gratitude for everything Brit has done to make Midland a happier, kinder place to live, we thought we would surprise her with a random act of kindness of our own. Since Brit is a huge fan of art, we got her a gift certificate to Quest Art School and Gallery so she could pick out something for herself. I was caught completely off guard. I would really like to thank Joyce Campbell for nominating me because she has been such a big part of our Rotary Club and this is the kind of stuff she does. Thank you to our generous co-sponsor, Rooted Plant-Based Eating, for helping us make this random act of kindness possible. And then they have a link to their nomination form. Um, I love that. And the reason I love that, was it Joyce who was the lady who got nominated for the the award? No, Joyce was the person who nominated Brit for the award. Brit. So there's a few reasons I like that. Number one is because Canada is well known as an amazingly kind and compassionate place on the whole. You know, uh, their Canadian culture, even though it's a vast country, seems to be friendly um, uh, and really uh, inclusive, and I love it, absolutely love it. Um, The other thing, interestingly, Charlotte and I were slugging enough to get invited to uh, a Rotary Club event in London where I spoke about the Kindness Project, and I know how much Rotary and Roundtable and loads of other organisations do across the communities around the world globally to support amazing causes. You know, all the, you know, I mean, Rotary is huge, but, uh, and so Roundtable is pretty, pretty decent sites as well. But all it is, is people who want to do a bit of good in their communities getting together and doing it. That is all it is. Now, that scaled up to a point where, um, you know, uh, you know, Rotary and Roundtable have a massive positive in, uh, impact on our world. So thank you to Brit. Thank you to Canada as a country. And thank you to the amazing organisations, Roundtable, Rotary Club, you know, all of those other community organisations who are effectively designed to make the world a better place. Brilliant stuff. What's that next? Yeah, we'll do. Sinead O'Connor, who who died recently, quiet acts of kindness of a terminally ill 20-year-old revealed. Sinead O'Connor called Louise Walcott out of the blue and treated the terminally ill 20-year-old to the best week of her short life in 1991. 
Sinead O'Connor is being held as love. I read about this on Twitter from um, uh, the lady's mum. Sinead O'Connor is being held as lovely uh, and compassionate by the father of Louise Walcock, a terminally ill 20-year-old who was treated to a week in London by the Irish singer-songwriter in 1991. On July 29th, three days after O'Connor's death was confirmed by her family, James Hawkins shared um, on Twitter a picture of Philip Wilcox's emotional letter to the editor of the Telegraph. Sorry, it was her dad that I read about. In his letter entitled Kindness of a Star, Wilcox wrote, I was greatly saddened by the death of Sinead O'Connor. She was a very different person behind her fame. In 1991, my 20-year-old daughter Louise was suffering from terminal cancer when she received a phone call from Sinead out of the blue. Sinead has heard had heard of Louise's illness from some source, probably in the press, as we were raising funds for our local hospice. My daughter was a great admirer of her and loved her music. During this long call, Sinead invited my daughter to travel to London to spend some time with her. Needless to say, Louise was thrilled. A few days later, she met Louise at Euston Station, and to cut a long story short, Louise had the best week of her short life. They dined, they drank, they danced, but most of all, they laughed irreverently. All the things in life that make it good. <laughs> Eating, a couple of drinks, a lot of dancing, and a hell of a lot of laughing. Sinead was at the height of her fame at the time and found, this, found it highly amusing that when they were out, people were asking for Louise's autograph. Louise returned home exhausted and happier than I've ever seen since her devastating cancer diagnosis. It didn't stop there. This lovely, compassionate woman always stayed, stayed in touch. She sent Louise wine and flowers and letters right up to her death in 1992. On Louise's last visit to London, Sinead gave my daughter a platinum disco uh, disc for her song, Nothing Compares to You, and dedicated her Christmas record, Silent Night, to her. During this time, Sinead never saw any publicity for those acts of love and compassion. Today, my thoughts are with two remarkable women who I have no doubt will be somewhere still singing, dancing and laughing. Love that. And and it's, I suppose, the big thing about that. Sinead O'Connor had a, a troubled life, had some issues and challenges. But it's the stuff we do when the cameras aren't rolling and nobody's watching that define us. Don't you reckon, Matt? Apparently, it's quite common as well because when George Michael died, a lot of stories like that come out about him as well. That he donated, yeah, exactly. Donated to people on uh, just giving and stuff like that that nobody knows they're doing. Yeah, and and that's the sign, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's like... No, there's no there's no publicity benefit. Just doing it yeah. for the benefit of um, uh, uh, making sure the world is a slightly better place. And if you can make, I, I think we were having this conversation yesterday, Charlotte, weren't we? You know, if you can make one person's life better, I mean, if you can make millions of people's lives better, great. But if you can just spend the time and effort and energy, particularly if they're going through a tough time, making one person's life better. Yeah, you've, you've you've done some good in the world. I love it, absolutely love it. Um, time for the interview this week. It's Tanvir and all of her sisters. Though this was a bit of a challenging interview, Russ, wasn't it? In a, in a in a couple of ways. I've never had to interview five people at once. Five people at once before. But the, the all of the sisters are doing amazing work. Uh, uh, mentoring and supporting young people into their careers of choice. Uh, love the philosophy behind what they're doing. Love that it's uh, it's a family game, and and all of the sisters are adding value and dad supporting it and the, like mentoring them and guiding them. Yeah, the story is amazing. Let's listen to it. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing? I'm really well because there's sun shining outside, and it looks like it looks like it's going to be a really sunny weekend. How's everybody doing today? Um, I'm yeah. in so I'm in sunny Winchester, oh, where fair. the sun is shining and the view is wonderful. And looking forward to the weekend. So, Mita, what are you up to? What are you doing over the weekend? 
Um, so it's I have twins. It's their birthday on Sunday. Right. And so we planned um, the cinema, bowling, dinner on the Sunday. And then we need to get back home early because they have a residential three-day trip with school ah, on, on the Monday. So we've got cool. to prepare for all of that as well, do some last-minute shopping. Yeah, and what are you going to go in cinema? Um, I think it's a, spy it's a Spider-Man. So I you think. know what? Okay. I think, yeah. Into the Spider-Verse, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. I'm not sure what yeah. it is. I asked her, what do you want to watch? And she said, I think it's Spider-Man that booked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's good. As a 45-year-old as a man, I should like Spider-Man still, really. But I do. So uh, I, I'll, use the, I'll, I'll use the excuse of taking the kids. But yeah. Actually, it's really for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, let's, let's start in earnest. Um Let's start with you telling uh, Charlotte and I. Sorry, this is Charlotte, by the way. Hi, Charlotte. Hi, Charlotte. Um, tell us a little bit about about each of you. Who'd like to go first? Um, so I think I'll just go first because I'm the eldest. Um, so I'm... Um... That, that's me too. That gives you the right, doesn't it? That, if <laughs> you're the eldest, you're... Yeah. It certainly does. There's got to be some benefits to being the eldest. But anyway, so... Um, so I'm Samita, um, born and we were all born and brought up in the northeast, um, and then brought up in Newcastle uh, for the majority of our childhood. Um, I studied at Northumbria University. I did a law degree. Okay. Um, I did my training in um, Newcastle as well, and then I got um, a pupilage in London, which is a training for barristers. Yeah. So I moved to London in 2001, and I've been here ever since. About over 20 years and right. um i practice in areas of crime and family fab tell me about accents because before you came on to me so sarita was saying she hasn't lost she's lost it a bit lost it yeah, yeah. Lost, her, lost her i accent. think Fortunately. when we're all together my geordie comes out <laughs> so can we expect, is that via Zoom or is that only in person? Can we expect it? We might, we, we might have some, we might have some Geordie in the last two minutes. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll ask for some Geordie in the last two minutes. Don't mind. That'd be great. Uh, who'd like to go next? I'll go next. Oh, I think we'll do, it. We'll, we'll do it in order. We'll do it in order. Go. Second born. Um, yeah. So I'm Sarita, and um, yeah, I, I live in Manchester, um, and I'm a dentist. And I qualified 20 years ago this year. Right. So it's a bit of a milestone, a bit of a milestone. And, How are you uh, feeling about that? I don't know. It's, it, 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 it was a bit, a bit, a bit of an achievement, you know, it's, it's quite a, a stressful, challenging job. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think, I think... I think with, with all of us, though, with our respective industries, they're quite sort of intense jobs. I don't think that should define who we are. You know, so, Agreed. Yeah, so I think there's so much more out there in life. So I think, you know, what you do for a living shouldn't sort of pigeonhole you. Well, I, I, I was having this, I mean, I was having this conversation, funny enough, this week. Um, I think there is a, sometimes it's like the first question you ever get asked is what do you do, isn't it? And actually, I think when I met Tanvir, we had this conversation as well. It's like dad defines me and friend defines me and, you know, all of those other. So what, apart from the job, defines you, Zarita? Oh, dear. So I'm a mother of two boys. So that's a, that's a, it's a quite another challenging job. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, so it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of that work-life balance really and um but yeah I mean there's, there's lots of sort of things that I enjoy out there um and I think this is what kind of then led us all to to, to do you know setting this five diamonds of mentorship and and um and what we what we do with that yeah I'm really excited to talk about that who'd like to go next the beetle unmute hi hi I'm, I'm Kabita uh, again, I live in Manchester, quite close to my sister, uh, Sarita, which is nice. Um, I'm a dentist. I qualified in 2006, that's 17 years um, ago. I have five dental practices in Greater Manchester. Um, I have uh, three children, keep me very busy. 
Yeah, that that pretty much sums sums me up. It's bad. Great stuff. Can I can I ask you to mute again? Would that be all right? Just because of the feedback thing. Bad. Thank you. Who'd like to go next? So hi Chris, uh, I'm Najiba. I I'm Najiba. Um, I, so I live in Newcastle, so I'm the one that stayed stayed regional. Stayed. <laughs> now, does that does that mean that that you've got the strongest accent? I mean, it's like so well, you'll find out. It depends again, yeah, in what 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 which environments I'm in. But I'm sure it'll come out as I speak. Um, yeah. So yes, I'm a consultant clinical oncologist. I specialise in managing patients with breast and skin cancer at the Freeman Hospital. Um, so I studied in London Imperial College and I lived with Samita for those six, year, six years, which yes. we had at a time, but I decided that it was a... Uh, I'm back. Yeah, um, <laughs> come and work in Newcastle. So um, I've been, you know, loving my job. Um, I have a four-year-old daughter who keeps me busy and um, I'm a massive Newcastle United fan. So I'm still on a high since we've been into the Champions League. So um, yeah, that's me. Well, I, I'm, I'm a West Ham fan because of my sort of where I am. So I'm having a good week this week. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. actually, it's actually been a good week for West Ham. Oh. Uh, yeah. But my my Liverpool supporting friend keeps on reminding me that it's not actually a proper European um, oh. I know. I thought that was a bit cruel. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Who'd like to go next? Yeah. So Tanvia, the youngest of the five bunch. Um, so I'm the chartered accountant. I work as an associate partner at Haynes Watt um, in Essex. So I've been in the accountancy industry for 14 years. Started up in Newcastle um, for the first six years. Did my training there. Um, once qualified, I Moved down to London. Um, I was there for another six years until my daughter Camila arrived, um, and then moved out to Billericay in Essex. And here I am. Fab, good, good place to be. Now, Charlotte, you wanted to oh, ask me a question. So tell, so, tell us about the the Five Diamond Mentorship. So, the Five Diamond Mentorship, or sort of Five DM, as we shorten it, um, it's a we set up about two years ago. Um, it came about, I think, during one of our general chats. As, as, and I think at the time, I think it was one of the COVID lockdowns as well. So we were doing a lot of this Zoom. That's the Zoom yeah. And we had a chat and we, we realised that a lot of students were reaching out to us on an individual basis for help to get into our sort of respective industries. And when we started talking to each other, we realised actually it was happening quite a lot and it wasn't just happening to us, it was happening to, to all of us. Um, and that's when we realised that actually, even though this sort of, this generation of kids have, you know, the digital generation, they have so much information overload, they were actually struggling to get onto the career path that they wanted to, to, to get I, into. I suppose part of that is... Like there's a glass of information, isn't there? There's sometimes too much. What, what, do, yeah. what do you actually trust to make sure you're on the right path? This is it. I mean, it was quite, once we started it, once we sort of set up the, the organisation, so it, it is a not-for-profit organisation, and our sort of main aim is to guide, support, but also mentor students from yeah. all different backgrounds to get into the industries that we're in. And like you said, it's kind of, you know, it it it, was, it did shock us that these a lot of these kids had no one to go to for help, you know, and for that sound advice. And it quite can be quite a daunting process to first of all decide on your career pathway, yeah. but then to have that confidence to apply to quite a highly competitive course. Yeah. So so yeah, so we're quite a new sort of organisation, but um, I mean from from what we've done and our feedback from the workshop it's just been phenomenal so how when 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 young people started reaching out and asking for help where did they where did they find you where did they decide was it just email or was it how did, how did they do that and i suppose the other question is what age are they reaching out and thinking about what yeah. their careers are looking at next so when we did when we sort of kind of did our research, um, we sort of noticed it was from about the age of fourteen. Yeah. So from the age of fourteen, sort of upwards, and and what we did is, was remember we already had students reaching out to us through word of mouth and through our our networks. So we already had had some sort of connections, 
you know to students and yeah. to colleges as well and and schools and um, so but once we sort of took that decision to make it quite a formal thing we you know sort of set up our website and the powers of social media you know sort of instagram yeah. Facebook more so for the parents, but mainly Instagram for the kids and uh, and the websites. But again, a lot of it has been through word of mouth. It is. It yeah. will be, won't yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. So you're all in the room. You're saying that, oh, okay, people are reaching out to all of us. What 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 was the next step? What was it? Had we formalised this? What was what, what did you do next? What happened next? Um, I think. Um, what we did, we made we sort of made an action plan. I'm, I'm quite um, methodical about stuff like this, and I think because a few of us own our own businesses as well, yeah. so we've, it, you know it, it, that kind of um, organisation, that teamwork, meeting deadlines it comes it, naturally, it, right? It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if a job's got to be done, it, it, it gets done. But um, I mean, we've all got different um, skills, you know, different strengths and weaknesses. So we kind of utilised that and sort of delegated certain tasks and it helps that there's five of us it breaks down the job you know well this this is the interesting thing isn't it like i'm I, yeah i run a business sort of as well as host the podcast and and do that so i completely get the power of, of delegation and our business is a family business as well so um but what i'm really interested in is who decides what and who's good at what <laughs> i think it's quite a collective i think Again, because we've known each other all our lives, yeah. there's yeah. no filter. There's no yeah. filter, which is a great thing. So there's no, think, you know, kind of, yeah, I'll, I'll let someone else. And and I think the good thing is that we all have strengths and weaknesses. So my sure. weakness is organisation and um, just rubbish organisation and admin, really bad. But then others are really be- are really good at planning, organisation and to-do lists so we we know each other's weaknesses so we know if, if i give a task to serita because she's so organized methodical she got it done and then sure. my my strengths are maybe um written like written work for the websites or yeah. doing blogs because Con- of my my job so yeah content and yeah. and and i suppose i suppose that that element of just having that open on his conversation helps doesn't it Oh yes. Yeah, good Definitely. stuff. Um, tell me a tell me a story that best represents the work that Five Diamonds does. Shall I take this question? <laughs> I think there's. I mean, to date, we've currently we've had over 150 students attend our workshops. Um, and like I said, I think we underestimated the demand, demand. out there. Uh, yeah, and and from day one, the feedback has been absolutely amazing i mean the kids are genuinely appreciative of the workshops and the, and, and the support we give them but i think there's one there's a few students who sort of um, stand out for me um and they were um refugees who had to flee their country because of war and and subsequently they had to abandon their studies um so when they came to us, when they reached out to us, you know, to, to ask if they could attend the workshops and we, and we heard their story. I mean, first of all, we were just amazed about how after all they'd been through, they were still determined to pursue their dreams. Of, yeah. um, and, 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 and these two young gentlemen, they wanted to be dentists. So they attended the workshop and um, you know, just their sort of motivation and, and their passion through after everything they've been through, it, it was just amazing. And it was such an honour to be able to sort of help them, you know, and, you know I, and I think, yeah. So it, what's really interesting, Director, is we, we interviewed um, we interviewed a guy who runs a um, charity for Ukraine. So he runs a refugee charity for people living in Ukraine. And he, um, this was a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it, Paul? Mm. And he effectively set up a shop in Moldova so that when people came over the Ukrainian border, they were looked after effectively. And I said to him, you just imagine, like, you've got a profession, you're one of us, you're, you're working really hard, you're building a business, you're doing what you need to. And then suddenly, through no fault of your own, it's over. And you've yeah. got to pack up um, and just, just leave. And I, Sarita, I agree. The bravery of turning around and going, right, yeah. just start again, is incredible, isn't it? 
it's amazing especially for, for for that age you know for that age yeah. group and, and 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 that was just something that kind of helped spur us on and think you know what it we are doing something you know um right so so yeah i mean that was that was great clearly you are clearly you are so i know i know that a lot of the mentorship you you do is through career days help me understand a little bit about the format of the career day how it works and and what a day looks like for your uh mentor is mentories the right word mentees mentees that's Menti, it yeah. Men- yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> i just i thought i'd add a couple of extra letters why not <laughs> Men- mentees so talk to me about how the day looks um, I'm not sure if there is interference when I'm talking. Or is, it, is it okay? Yeah, Sorry. absolutely. The audio is good now. Um, so I'll give an example of a, a dentistry career day with a similar format to the medicine accountancy law days. So when the students come in, we'll give a bit of background information of what skills are required in the career, what what skills you possess. Um, We'll go over the background of the career, a simple day in the life of a dentist or a doctor, uh, what your day would involve. Um, again, um, a bit background, and then we'll go over um, uh, what subjects you would need to study that career, what subjects you would need to study at school, what grades are required, how to apply to universities, uh, what they're looking for, then we'll go to we go quite in depth in, in into that information, which is what the students really want. Like when I get to university, when I if I get to interview stage, what will I be asked? What are they going to expect of me? So go through all that process. Um, and again, with dentistry, it's very hands-on. It's a practical job as well. So we include a lot of practical elements to it. Um, for example, the students can um play around with filling materials, or dental instruments. We have them taking dental impressions. So it's a bit of fun. It's very informal. We make I'd sure imagine it's quite them. interactive as well, isn't it? Yeah, in terms of fun, and the kids get so much out of it. Um, it will make it really um comfortable environment for them. You know, yeah. to ask as many questions as you want. And I think for all of us, it's not just us delivering the um career day. We involve other professionals as well. I think for right. all of us, we can offer the experience aspect of it, but um. Especially in dentistry, I have a current dental student on the course as well to give her take on uh, what it's like now getting in dentistry, which is very different to how it was twenty years ago when I applied. Well, um, I'd, I'd imagine, I'd imagine the perspective of somebody who's just starting out their career is going to be different, yeah. isn't it? So just exactly. adding that perspective adds a bit of value. So they they get so from like you said from another perspective, um, and on the on my course of the dentistry. We also have um, a, a current dentist um, who participates, who's also been on the interview panel um, at Manchester right. University. So she gave her take to students, for example, what the interviewers are looking for, certain red flags, and the children really appreciate it because um, there's no Love other that. way you can get that sort of information. Yeah. yeah. What, other, what other opportunities for kids to get mentorship is out there? And how does that, you know, are there other ways that kids that are looking to become professionals can get mentorship or is it a, a huge gap do you think i think unless you have family or friends in that in that career field or that pathway, um, get some advice or get some opportunity for work experience otherwise i imagine it being difficult is very tricky yeah yeah so so the day is 50 percent theoretical here's what you need to do to get the career and then a, a bit of practical tanvir how do you make awesome eater how do you make accountancy and law practical no i know exactly you know i mean i'm, I'm thinking about the world of financial planning and i think i might struggle a bit to be honest you know what chris in between my accountancy workshops right, i have a quiz and that gets people going Quiz. Right, okay, now I'm curious. Give me, give me a quiz-related question that might that might engage <laughs> me as a student. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, yeah, it's a blend of uh, non-financial and financial, but, yeah, <laughs> we'll make yeah, it fun. And I'll love it, absolutely love it. Now, I, 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 I've, done, I've done some career mentorship, and I always find the questions that people ask are insightful in themselves, and you get to learn as well as the students, right? 
So tell me a little bit about what you've learned being a mentor that surprised you the most. Did you be doing it to take this or? Who'd like to, who'd like to answer? <laughs> Hi, I'm back again. Um, you know, I think with the mentoring that we're doing, you realise how little support the students actually have. And there's no other pathway to find out about careers. And I think at schools, I think resources are limited. I think they all have career advice at schools, but there's a limit to how much information um, or advice they can give for certain careers. Um, but we are very specific, be it law, or medicine, or dentistry. Um, so I think that's what we offer the other schools that, that schools can't in general. Yeah, and I think I think you're right. I think the challenge you've got is at the school it's very generic, isn't it? Because they've got to drilling down. So that was part one of the uh, interview with um, the Five Diamonds for, about their mentorship program. More on that next week. Have we got, as we normally do, a joke of the week? No. What do you mean, no joke of the week? <laughs> what do you. You've got no joke of the week? No, you want to laugh and I'll look for one. Are you, uh, what, what am I doing? The joke is. How long has it turned Just out of interest, how long has the format of the show been nonsensical chat, kindness news, interview with something amazing, and then joke of the week? No, no, we might have had a format in the first five podcasts, and then it all went to pot, didn't it? <laughs> what do you mean it all went to pot? I can't make sense of half these recordings now. I'm so sorry, Ryan. Sorry, what, what, ones, what ones could you make sense of? We made the, the early ones. We had a clear plan that we'd have this, 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 and this, and that was right. it. Yeah. Sorry, in my head, in my all right, we've chucked him recently the, the, the games that we're playing, like Indian or um, Indian or Bagel and stuff like that. I think they're good fun. I mean, they're like they're like random throwaways, but the clear principle for ages has been nonsensical chat, kindness news, interview, and then <coughs> joke of the week. I'd be so, so hard. Have we, have we enough, and have you found the joke of the week? Yeah, I'd be so hard on her. She's a working girl now. She has to allocate <laughs> her time properly. No. I just forgot that Joke of the Week was part of the format. It's not actually been part of the format. Did, part. Charlotte. <laughs> no, come and take credit, but I forgot. She's taking ownership. Uh, that's the right thing to do. Go on then, Joke of the Week. Why should you wear glasses to a math class? Ross, why should you wear glasses to a math class? Don't know. Because oh. it helps with division. <laughs> It helps with the vision. <laughs> ah, that, that was actually worth fighting for. We'll give her that one. Charlotte pick out a joke and then we get a good joke at the end of it. That might be it might be worth the wait, might it? Okay, on on that note, have a lovely week. We will see you, my friends, on the Kindness Project. So Bye. Bye.